0: Hey, it's Shayla Boyd-Gill, the host of the Elite Black Woman Podcast, the one place where we can talk about it all. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm really curious. How many of you thought about how much money you wanted to make when you first started business? I can tell you this. When I first came into the industry, I knew I was reaching for the Holy Grail. $100,000. $100,000. Why one hundred? dollars Because everyone wanted one hundred. dollars Everyone says, I want a six-figure business, and we thought one hundred dollars was like hitting a lottery. Well, I'm sure if you have made it to this point of $100,000, it has not been what you thought it was going to be. As a matter of fact, what I know for sure is when I reached 100000 I was like, well, what's next? Because the truth is, if you've generated $100,000 in your business, there's a very good chance there's not $100,000 in your bank account. And so we thought the holy grail of $100,000 was gonna be, I made it. And we learned very quickly (laughs) that it wasn't enough. Not enough at all. And so I understood with my first business I reached a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I am this is it, this is it. I am doing the doggone thing. We've had a hundred thousand dollars in sales and I definitely went bankrupt making a hundred thousand dollars. Because if you make a hundred and you spend a hundred, then I can guarantee you you're broke. There's nothing left. And now today, as I'm working with women, I realize that you need so much more. And I decided one day to just go and do a little bit of research to figure out why this this is a problem. Why did it why is it not enough? The truth is when you look at the numbers. Only 12% of women entrepreneurs are actually going to reach the first initial holy grail of $100,000. So think about how many women entrepreneurs we have in this world right now. If you are in that 12% group, you've reached a number that many will never reach. And so it is something to celebrate, but you can't stop there. Oftentimes, I found when women got to this point of hundred thousand dollars, they start spinning. And when I say spinning, it means every year you're making money. I did it. I continued to make money, but I kept hitting the same threshold of one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. So I did a little bit more homework, and I said, okay. So what really happens like beyond one hundred? What we've looked at lately with the numbers is only 6.2% of women entrepreneurs get to the $250,000 point in their business and sales. So if you happen to reach that 12%, only half of you will get beyond that and get to double the amount of money that you're generating. I knew for me, the real... Business growth happened when I stopped trying to take the same tactics that I use to get to my first six figures. I stopped trying to use those tactics to generate another six figures. It didn't work. So everyone thinks that making $100,000 is hard. The reality, I'm going to, I know some people don't believe this and it's okay. This may be you. $100,000 is easy. That's the easy part. It's really the easy part. If you're able to get your business to that point, that's the easy part. You've proven something. You've proven a concept. You've proven that the work that you're doing works. You've proven that people are wanting to work with you and paying to work with you. But how do you get more? How do you get more? So this surprising phenomenon that's happening, which I coined as a 250K crisis, is when women entrepreneurs get to this 100 to 250 point in their business and they're not able to scale beyond that point. And typically what I notice is there are three areas where trouble is brewing. And so it's brewing in the area of your marketing, it's brewing in the area of your sales and it's brewing in the area of team. So let's take a look at this. When I was in this place, which we're talking about now, my marketing did not exist. I happened to be able to grow my six-figure business through word of mouth services. And I was leaning on that. But if you exhaust all of your referrals and you don't have a system in place to be able to get more people in line, you will start spinning. I didn't have a way of attracting new leads. I didn't have a way of getting the conversation out to more people. And I couldn't figure out why is my business not growing? It felt very stagnant. And it was because I was leaning on an old system that I could no longer use. And then when it came down to my sales process, the sales process that I used to get to that first six figures, it was amazing. It worked. It got me there, but I needed to refine it. The refining that needed to happen was I needed to really take a second look at who I was selling to. I needed to take a look at what was the process of qualifying them, and I needed to take a look at you know what did what did it take for them to say yes, and making sure I made it easy enough for them to do that. But the kicker, the one I really want to talk about, is. Team, what got me to six figures was me. It was a solo playground. It was me saying, "I'm here. I'm doing the doggone thing." You know, you hear people say, "I'll do it, my damn, my damn self." Well, that was me. I can do it. And I even thought I can grow it to a million by myself. I don't need any help. I know how to do this. Well, here's the deal: we can't be a jack of all trades, and you will not be able to sustain the business that you have and scale it, doing everything by yourself. Eventually, what you will need to do is get support. And so you may say, well, you know, I don't have the money to be able to invest in the people that would be able to support me. I can't hire someone full-time. You're probably not hiring anyone full-time when you get to a 100,000, but you can look at what are some project-based things that I can hire people to support me in. Those are short terms. Those may may be just some simple contracts that you're getting out, but you have to start somewhere. Eventually, you may be looking at your administrative pieces of who can support me here. Do you need a full-time person for that? Absolutely not. But do you need to be doing data entry? Do you need to be focusing on how to put more things into your CRM? No, You could get someone to do that a few hours out of the day so that you can focus on that marketing and the sales that we talked about, that area where I got slippery and didn't really nurture. That has to be a part of your business routine. If you don't fix those three pillars, you will find yourself in a place of not being able to grow to the point that you say you want to grow to. So here's what happens. I actually did the work in those three areas that we spoke of and I was able to start scaling my business. But what I'm seeing happen once I start talking to people is they'll get to that point and then you start settling. Okay. So I'm making 200,000. I'm making 250. This may be okay. Maybe maybe I don't need a lot. So you're settling because you don't know how to change it. You're settling because you think you have to work harder. You're already spending a lot of time in the business. And a lot of that is because you are doing everything. So we have to make a decision. I had to have that come to Jesus moment with myself of, are you really going to step into this role of CEO, Shayla? Or are you going to continue to just do this hobby? Are you just going to let it just play day by day and hope for the best, cross your fingers and settle for just enough? I decided that was not an option for me, nor was it an option for the legacy that I said that I wanted to create. And so it required me to really step into a different role as a CEO of my business and allow myself to be supported, get my ducks in a row, make a decision that I wanted to do business differently. Now, that was an uncomfortable choice. I will tell you right now, it was very uncomfortable because I did have to invest differently. I invested to get to that first 100K, but I also needed to invest in the right people, the right teams, the right support, the right lessons to be able to grow beyond that point. What I realized was I was my worst enemy, meaning I was the only thing holding myself back. And oftentimes it's easier to point a finger at, oh, well, the VA didn't do their job or this person missed this thing. No, it's you. Now, the other factor that comes in here is if you're not used to leading other people in supporting you, it can still, it can be a problem. So let's say you said, well, I did get a team member. I did bring some people on to be able to support me, but you didn't know how to lead them. If we're unable to lead, we have to point the finger back at ourselves. I'll tell you, I had when I had one of my first VAs, I was so proud. We had a a contractual, a number of hours that she was going to work with me. And when she first came in, she says, what do you want me to do? I don't know. (laughs) And every time she would get on a call, okay, Shayla, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? I have no idea because everything was in here. I didn't have any of the processes documented. Everything was inside. I was so used to doing everything myself that it was hard to delegate. Like, are you really gonna trust this person doing this thing? And so when trust got in the way, it didn't allow me to ask for that support that I needed from her. And so the moment that I did ask for support I said, you know, hey, I need you to go and help launch this thing or set up this thing in the program, but I didn't give her the steps or the expectation of the outcome. I'm disappointed. I'm mad. See, I told you, I should have done it my dog on sales. No one else can do it my way. But it wasn't her fault. It was my fault because I didn't know how to lead and delegate properly, and that slowed me down even more. And so I was just paying for the convenience of having a friend that I called a VA supporting me. She wasn't a friend, but I it felt like I was paying for a friend because she would call me on the phone. What are you doing? And what do you need help with? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And when she did attempt to do work for me, it's not good enough. I don't like it. But I realized she was not at fault. It was my fault. I didn't know how to lead. So I had to learn how to be a leader. I had to learn how to delegate properly. I had to learn how to document my processes so that someone else could do the things that I was doing, and it didn't require me. And these are places where we may have to do what we call slow down so we can speed up once you hit the six-figure mark. You're going to have to do this work now. And this is what I want to caution you around. Get in front of this before you get ahead, okay? Say if you're lucky enough to get past the 250 mark, maybe you get to five, 750, maybe even a million. You don't want the nightmare of not having these three pillars curated and having the things in place that's needed because you can have a million dollar business that's not sustainable because you don't have the proper infrastructure in place to make it work seamlessly for you. So take the time now, don't think it's too early. I don't need it yet. I don't have the money for it yet. I don't have the time for it yet. You do. You make the time. You figure out which one of these pillars you want to focus on now versus later. And you start working on it every time so that you don't have to wait until things blow up. You don't want to be the 250k crisis you want to get in front of it so that that doesn't have to be the hill that you fall down you can get beyond 100,000 you can get beyond beyond 250,000 but you need to have the proper pieces in place now should you choose to ignore this warning <laughs> come back and talk to me later and let me know what really happens because I know I've seen this enough times. And if you even think about this, the data is showing us that 6.2%. We should definitely be doubling it. That 12% at 100 should be 12 at 250. And in the number, I didn't even tell you about the number to a million. Only 1.9% of women entrepreneurs are getting to that million dollar mark in their business. Even if you say, I don't want to make a million, just know. It's a rare club. And if you want to be a part of that club, we have to change the way that we're doing business now, not later. Think about scaling now, not later. Do what's necessary to get in front of it so that it doesn't have to be the downfall of all the work, the energy, the love, the passion that you've put in your business. You are a true leader, but you can always learn to be a better leader. You can learn to do business differently. You have a choice. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for listening to the Elite Black Woman Podcast. And by the way, if this conversation resonates with you, make sure that you take my Lux Factor quiz at getluxquiz.com.